And I'll, and I'll watch my gob, mate. I won't swear. No, no, swear as much as you like. The only thing I lop out is with clap clap. So if you want to swear, it's what we're all about. Just being yourself. Simo and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey folks, it's Simo, and welcome to the Thong Slappers podcast short story series that we call to the 60. Today, I actually have the pleasure of interviewing someone who I class as a good mate and someone who his talent is probably better known overseas and on our own shores, which is just fucking mental if you ask me. But of course, it's Lee Good, who's a fantastic artist, and anyone who's familiar with our Thong Slappers t-shirt of the F.E. Holden panel van, I can tell you proudly that Lee was the artist who actually did this artwork for us. So Lee, mate, thanks for coming along and thanks for joining us. I've always wanted to pick your brain about cars and stuff. G'day, mate. No problem. Good to be on here. Mate, of course, we're similar ages, grew up in similar eras, as most of the moots are here on Thong Slappers being Generation X. Your artwork has been something that I've followed from before I actually met you and have known of you kind of personally. And how did it all start for you, mate? Like, What was kind of the thing that kicked you off drawing cars and got you to the level where you are now? Like yourself, Simon, I grew up at school just... Any car magazine, any hot car in the area, I was obsessed with. I just that and BMXs, any anything with wheels, and any car magazine I could grab, especially street machine. Obviously, we all got that in common, and that was the local local rag. You could always make sure you could get at any server or any any news agent, and any any cartoons or any car drawings. I'd I was always good at drawing, and uh, like like most guys I know that draw cars, every single school book and school desk. That's all we did was draw cars, so that's probably where it all started and just never stopped doing it and uh, always got told there's no future in it and not, not worth doing and every school teacher told me that I'll never <laughs> become anything drawing cars and here we are. Well, I hope they can eat their words. I mean, you've done pieces for people not just sort of locally, say for Street Machine and also for us, but internationally as well. I mean, Jay Leno, doing pieces for him, doing work <laughs> also. I mean, how many people can lay claim to doing artwork for Gene Winfield? Like that's, <laughs> you know, stuff where he's contacted you and said, hey, can you please do me concert work on that? What was it, a blue Mercury custom he was building? I, I, was, I was lucky enough that a guy who was building a car in collaboration with him. Actually, Dave Shutton's now got that car. He just he just posted it up on his Instagram page. But a uh, guy, yeah. guy who was building that car um, contacted me, and he was actually with Gene Winfield at the time, and they said, I need a concept because we're going to debut this car at SEMA, and they need it in a hurry. And I think I think the problem with over there is the Americans – they're months, you know, they've got that much work, uh, you know, these car artists and that, that no one could pump it out in time for them. So I knocked it out and that was my introduction to both those guys. So I think at the time, I'm, I'm not that reliable, but at the time I knocked it out quick and <laughs> that got me that got me in the door there. So Listen, you don't have to play yourself down with me, mate. Okay? <laughs> I know they chose you because your work is really good. I'm just having a mental blank because I'm on the spot. What do you call it when people sort of contact you wanting work done? Like a, a commission piece, is that it? Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I mean, look, some of the other stuff you've done, like people know the Lucifer's Death Squad on, are they still going on Facebook? Yeah, I, I think they are. Well, I think they, every, there was that many members and that I've, I sort of lost track of it, but they ended up, a few guys from there ended up starting other groups at Church of Speeds, a big one on Facebook. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I've, yeah. I've sort of yeah, I've sort of done bits and pieces for all of them, but uh, yeah. that commission piece, that flaming Dodge van, like the uh, you know, as in like the American Dodge Dodge Tradesman, like a seventies one. That's one of my favourite pieces that you've done. Street and... van, yeah, everyone everyone loves yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. Done the rounds, I'll tell you that one. Oh, look, we've posted quite a bit of your stuff on our Instagram page at the Thong Slappers, and you personally can also be found at, at Good Custom Design, good with an E on the end of good, and also at Polish Slots. And that's the thing, too. Not only do you pump the work out art wise, but <laughs> Redman always calls me Encyclopedia Disturbia because of you know, <laughs> what I might know or the stupid tidbits of information I might know about the Australian car scene or overseas car scene. But man, I might be one encyclopedia, but knowing you and the information I glean from you, you're like the full set of world book encyclopedias, like your knowledge of local cars, American cars. And I'm not talking stuff just back to the 70s and 80s, but I'm talking stuff stretching to the 40s, 50s, 60s, like the really early years of hot rodding in America, like the foundation years. Years. and it's probably going to be a big ask right but even just just give me like a point of reference here maybe one or two people australian customs who'd be your favorite australian customizer and what would be your your all-time favorite australian car and also from the american scene is that something you can narrow down yeah mate i, I honestly i've got to give credit to my dad and and my dad hated me looking at his car magazines because i'd bend the pages and i'd, I'd draw draw all over them and that but growing up <laughs> My dad had my dad, and you remember an era where there was no internet. You know, I lived I lived in rural southern Australia. I grew up in a town called Capunda. There was there was there was nothing there. We had a little news agent, but for some reason, my dad always got every American car magazine, and without fail, they were on on the kitchen table every night all my life. You know, there was never there was yeah. never a stack yep. of Rodden Custom and and Street Rider and all the American magazines. And I didn't have one friend growing up where I grew up that was into cars, you know. A lot of kids into bikes, BMXs, stuff like that, like we've got in common. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. the cars, I, I had nothing better to do, Simon, than sit there and read car magazines all day long. And even my dad now ring me up and ask me about a certain car, and I don't know why or how, I remember every single car and article and who owned it and what suspension it had in it and what engine of the American stuff more than the Australian stuff. I don't know why, but from from those magazines. And to this day, my dad probably has one of the biggest car magazine collections I've, I've ever seen. And even some of the Americans I talk to, they've, they've never seen anything like it. He'd have, he'd have every issue of just about every magazine made back to, you know, number one, including Hot Rod and, and you know, Rod and Custom and all those magazines. So I've just remembered every, every car. I had nothing else to do as a kid, so... <laughs> growing up out there, but there was, I mean, we were, I went to a school where there was a hundred kids. That was, that was it. So, and if you didn't play football, we, there was nothing else you could do. So, so it, was, it was drawing and cars, mate. And and getting back to your question, I, I, honestly, I'd have to say, and you know, it's, I, I'm a friend of his now. But growing up, Paul Kelly in Australia, mate. I, I, I even my dad as a kid, he always said to me, "There's there was no better bloke that you know built cars and." Was chopping roofs on his own and just just unbelievable work. Um, it's probably underrated, but you know, and his name doesn't get out there as much as the cars. But that Hudson he built out of a four door, which yes, which yep. made a world impact more than it did here. Like I've got American magazines with that car in it, and it's just unbelievable amount of work, you know. And and now, you know, I'm happy to say I'm good, good friends with Paul these days. I've sort of searched him out over the years, and we we talk daily. So. Uh, you know, yeah. not just because yeah. he's a friend, but yeah, I'd say 
his workmanship and his, you know, ideology on the way cars should be styled and all the rest of it. We, we've got that. We've got a real uh, understanding and friendship build on that. So, yeah. Um, he's a great guy. He's a very humble guy too. Like, he's achieved more in the yeah, custom scene in Australia yeah. than probably anyone else has, especially internationally. And also, yeah. like you, man, I grew up reading uh, Kelly's column. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always loved that. It was my favourite part of Street and Custom magazine. Yeah. I think it was also, was it Super Street magazine? Yes. Oh, yes. Street and Strip or something it was in too? Yeah, he was in Street. Yeah. Well, they used to feature his cars in that Street and Strip. I remember that, that uh, Corvette Summer one, which no one liked back That's in the right. day. It's had a bit of a resurgence. So. <laughs> but he had that when no one was into it and he was restoring it when no one knew about it. And, you know, and the dedication and that he, he you know, yeah. I'd say number one, mate, would be Paul Kelly. He, he, he'd never take credit. I've mentioned him a million times, and he, he shuts me down and mentions everyone else except himself. So he's, <laughs> you know, he's, but, uh, that, that'd be my number one guy as builders in Australia. I know there's so many, um, Simon, but, you know, honestly, the cars he's built, just unbelievable. When, yeah, the Morris Miners he was doing into two, uh, you know, chop tops and stuff like that. No one was doing back then, so... For yeah. sure, and Kelly products. He had his range of Morris Minor bits and pieces yeah, he used to yeah, sell. Yeah. And his own uh, – what was that magazine called he did? Was it Minor Monthly or something? No, I don't know he, about that. I, I have heard of yeah. it, yeah, but I, I was never into Morris as, as much as he was. But the, the, that, <laughs> I remember that little chopped one he had that – it was actually black with, like, Keystone four-spoke mags on it for a while. And yeah. Yeah. It looked unreal like that, but um, it's still getting around. I think it was at this year's Summer Nats redone. It's uh, – I think it runs, like, Baby Moons and yeah. also – it was with that other white one, the low light. The one pulled yeah. is the highlight, but yeah, it was with the the other white one. He chopped that. Yeah. Uh, the, can't remember the guy used to have it, but it's a low light white one with moon discs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, very cool cars. Those single spinner utes he did. There's one, uh, I know there's the lad from John's Rod and Customs, John's son's just built one now, but uh, Paul Kelly did that, that 49 spinner ute without the side, those, you know, the fake uh, wheel arches on the sides made it look smooth and clean and tidy. You told yeah. years ago yeah. and, and never gets the credit for it, you know, like it, it, it won't take it either. But, uh, you know, so, yeah. so many so many cars that would easily, you know, compete on the American car show scene, you know. So I just love his HQ sedan. It was his family yeah. car. He just chopped it. Yeah. And, and that's <laughs> just, the photo he uses. I think it's probably the, <laughs> the most normal looking car he's ever done. So. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So Paul Kelly over there, mate. In Adelaide growing up, probably Dr. Chop with all the early Holden Utes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I had, I had yeah. Gavin Polish, who had that HD chop top on the early street machine front cover. The black his, one. Mm. His brother was my next door neighbour for about 20 years, mate. So I had the pleasure of growing up, literally looking every day, every weekend at, at that black FBU. The chopped one, you know, it was in my, in my, literally in my driveway every weekend, so. Is that what got you into, I know your first car was a humpy ute, was an FJ or FX ute, wasn't my, it? My dad bought me an FJ ute when I was 10, for, I remember it was 150 bucks, it was immaculate, because it had been sitting yeah. in the truck driver's shed since the 60s. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, and it was absolutely immaculate, I've got a few photos where it's dirty, but it was, it was rust free, it still had the timber in the, in the you know, in the uh, rear and. Everything it was immaculate, and um, me and my dad were going to do that up. He actually sold it in the end because it sat and sat and sat, and I bought that GT BMX with it <laughs> that I always. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So always a crossover there with BMXs and cars and uh, growing up, but uh, yeah. 
I find that a lot with people I chat to in the street machine scene who are kind of of a similar age to us, yeah. like kind of born in the early mid seventies. Mm. I find that's a really good crossover and uh, conversation point, and it's, it's always really cool. I guess as far as Australian customs go, you mentioned the Doctor Chop Utes as well. What would be something that any other cars that you kind of would rate as your top Australian custom? Like say for me, I love the Tony Andrew blue jay yeah. it was actually an fx but he said that blue x yeah. sounds weird so he called yeah. it blue jay yeah i love That's, that car would probably yeah. rate it with me is there something that again it's hard to choose but would there be something you'd rate as your favorite australian custom it's probably uh, a bit biased but my old man's had that bob hoskins Casso for many many oh yes and uh he loved that as a kid growing up and always followed it always knew where it was uh when no one knew where it was it was hidden away and he just waited for the day he could buy it and was pleading with the guy that had it, and he ended up getting it. So I grew up with that in my shed, and it's still there and uh, probably getting closer and closer to being restored now, Simon, so that's a good thing. And there's been that's a lot of attention of it lately. It's been featured in the Australian Rodder annual just came out, and that's in there. Uh, oh, fantastic. That's yeah. heavily sectioned, that thing too, isn't it? Like it's it's a real, it's a wild custom. For anyone who doesn't know that, back in the day, yeah. yeah, I'll post some pics on our Instagram if that's okay with you yeah. of that car to sort of show it to people who aren't familiar with it. But it's an iconic Australian custom, no question. And I'm glad it survived like in your dad's hands. You know, it's good to see that it's going to be done. It hasn't just been lost to time like so many have. Mm. But uh, yeah, that, that, that was done by one bloke in Adelaide. He was, he, was, he was 17, 18 when he started that, Simon. So it's another one of those cars where it's just an incredibly amount of, you know, thought and idea and styling and work involved in it and uh you know all done in one guy's shed and you know another car that could probably easily compete you know with anything from the states at the time so yeah uh, yeah for sure i've grown up with that in the shed probably the bobcat was the other one the section oh yes that was a very good of adelaide which you know it's, it's odd you know, it is funny you say that. Like, I think back to in the 80s, I was buying 1960s Australian Hot Rodding Review and Australian Hot Rod Magazines was the yeah. local uh, book exchange. Just had piles and piles of them. Yep. And a lot of the cars, especially Custom Holdens and, and Real Wild Customs, they came from South Australia. Remember them there being South Australian plates? And, and, and northern suburbs, like we're talking, you know, low-income area. It, 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 was, it was weird when I look back. I, all these cars were coming out of... You know, I had a young bloke's sheds with not many, you know, there wasn't many magazines or you had no internet, you had nothing. And the, and the workmanship and the styling just blows my mind for the stuff that was coming out. That Shark FE holding that was built. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bob Hoss- yeah. Um, they had the um, uh, the FC, Mal Hatch's FC, that, that's ground, or FE or whatever it was, FE or FC. That, that was Beautiful an incredible car. Beautiful car. That, yeah. and. The funny thing about that is, so I, I grew up north, northern suburbs of Adelaide, and that was actually owned by the Gawler town mayor for many, many years, and it sat it sat in the Gawler, and he had a little servo there. He used to sit out the front there. I knew about that car all my life growing up, so. Yeah, yeah. and also, out. one thing that connects us is we both love that South Australian movie called, is it, oh, shit, Coming Home? Yes. Uh, yes. Return Home. Return, Return Home. home. Incredible. Frankie J. Holden. And that famous custom South Australian, I think it was an FE originally called Cold Ethel. The yellow one. yellow with moon discs. It actually features in that movie. It's incredible, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 the, a, and the, H, the HD in that movie, yeah. HR. Yeah, Ben yeah. Mendelsson's HD with Scott like the HT grill and the riding BMX is on the forecourt of the servo. It's <laughs> such a great movie, that movie. And, and, and that is exactly <laughs> how I remember growing up. Yeah, And you'd know as well, Simon, growing up in that era... Nothing changed. It was like 1970. It, it, it was 
it was exactly the same. Every kid in my town had a HD with primer and or VC Valiant with you know different coloured guards and magnums and it's, yep. it's how it was forever. And uh, it's uh, I was just reminiscing today about it. You know, I miss those days, but it just seemed like that forever. And uh, that's how it was. So that's probably the influence I've got there with with the oh for stuff. sure. Look, my mate Gary, he's got an 8Z panel van that you may be familiar with. It's got the full reel-like fan rat, quarter bumpers. It's on the deck, chin spoiler, and it's got the the hugest set of, like, 14-inch uh, slot mags. He has bits of primer all over that thing, the tailgate, one of the guards, one of the doors, couple. and I say to him, I say, don't change it, mate. You can't paint this car. Just leave it exactly how it is. Because it looks so, eerie, like, era-correct, like, period-perfect. We hated them as kids because all we wanted was paint jobs, but looking back, we love them because that's how we remember them as kids. So it's... it's yeah. It's, it's odd, but... Uh, but I, there, was a, oh, there was a kid in my town. Well, I went from Capunda to Gawler, so it was a, sort of the next town, but... Uh, it was, I remember the toughest kid in town, you know, it was always like the tough kid with a packet of smokes under his sleeve and, and he had all the girls and that. And uh, he had a white HR that was dumped and it had the the, the uh, dragway splats on it with the Monaro flutes in it. It was the toughest car Sweet. ever, you know, and it was immaculate white, perfect paint. No one could afford a paint job back then. This kid, it was all painted. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, and you didn't go near him. You saw that car coming through the main street. You sort of looked away. You know, but it was it was the toughest car. And and I just always remember that. And I wasn't a big Holden guy, but that was the it was the best car around. You know. Yeah, just era perfect as well. It's funny. I can't help when I talk to you. I can't help but smile about this sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. And it is. It's like as we near fifty. Like we're only oh, fifty mate. now. It's just yeah. Talking about this stuff and thinking back to that. And I I just wish. Okay, I wouldn't have been able to afford to get stuff processed, but I wish I had the foresight back then to take photos. You know, like yeah. just stuff you. I, I guess as a kid, kind of just took for granted. I mean, even my neighbours, the cool cars they had: XW panel van with you know a tough V8, a XA panel van with a Fairlane like a ZF Fairlane yeah. front and bubble windows, V8 manual, and I remember it had a gear drive in it. Peak, right, you right, hear this right. thing coming up the street, gear drive. Uh, blaring, rowing through the gears of the top loader. It was the toughest van around. And then, you know, like their father had a Thames van, which had a hole in six in it. And it had, it had stockos on the front, but it had like 14, eight jelly beans on the back and the tires stuck out of the guards, you know, and but, but shit like that. I, I remember being embarrassed because my mum drove me to school every day in a, in a star model custom line. It was immaculate white, widened chromies on it immaculate yeah. you know and uh, i remember being embarrassed because everyone else's kid you know everyone else's mum and dad had a brand new calais and my mum was driving me to school in 58 custom line you know and uh, i remember she ran out of petrol one day mate she had to walk home with a dressing gown on because she'd race the kids to school <laughs> <You know? laughs> those days you know and, and looking back now i say to my mates so I, got, I went to school in a custom line they're like oh that must have been the coolest and it was the worst as a kid growing up, you know, but uh, I probably had it better than I remember, you know. It's uh, just how it was. So there was always there was always a custom line or we had an S-Series Valiant and we, we always had decent cars looking back now, but, you know, grow, growing up, you actually hated it. But <laughs> yeah, It's funny, though, isn't it, when you think back to things like that. When I was in primary school, and I just remember, like, as far as you're saying with embarrassment, a girl I went to primary school with in grade five, six, and seven, she came along, and her dad was like a, I think he was a pastor or something like that, and his car was an HR Premier. Right. It was that metallic turquoise color, 
dead stock. And I remember saying to her, and I said, your dad's car is so cool. This thing was like a meter, right? Just yeah. been, it was just, because at that time, an HR was 20 years old. And yeah. like you say, everyone else is being dropped off to school in, in cars that were 10 years old or newer. Yeah. And, and she go, oh, she goes, I hate my dad's car. It's so embarrassing, you know. And, <laughs> but it was this, I look back and it was this mint HR premier. And then I think to guy, he was in a couple of years below me and his brother was a year above me. So this must have been probably 84, 85 right. going by that in primary school. Their mum, as in mum, not dad, right. their mum had a green HQ GDS Monaro with gold stripes. And I clearly remember because it had the world's loudest fucking 308 in it. Like, it was just, <laughs> it was the full but they take she'd take off she'd drop them to school and then she'd take off up this big long hill at the gap yeah. and you just hear this thing echoing all over the valley and the thing I remember the most about that car it had GDS wheels on the front like the stock steel wheels yep. and it had 14.8 or 14.10 jelly beans on the back and it was like that <laughs> for years well, the whole time I knew of them and knew the car I, it had I just you that not, look mate, I, you just reminded me I, a kid I went to school with his mum had a white HQ coupe just to play them, one didn't have stripes or anything, but it was jacked up so high at the back and had the fattest, it had slots all around, but they would have been like tens on the back. Tyres were hanging out the guards, and I remember that. This is out in Kapunda, but it was, it was always dusty and full of mud, and, <laughs> and, and I, that was like that for years. It was just a family car, you know, and I, that was, it was what was yeah. normal in the car parks back then, but... Uh, but the kids, different you, times. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that wouldn't, it wasn't like, oh, this is a street machine. That's just what your mum had or whatever, you know? So, yeah, yeah amazing yeah. time. Oh, that's what I love too. And, you know, I know with yourself, you've got a bit of a project on the boil that I can't wait to see yeah, the VH it. Valiant Ute you're building. And it's not done like a traditional Valiant VH Ute. Do you want to tell us a bit about the plans you've got coming up for that? I've, I've, I can tell you, so I'm in that car I knew about all my life. And uh, it reminds me of that movie, Christine, mate. I, I, I'm not being funny. I, I did. always used to work part-time sometimes, you know, as a kid on the weekends at my dad's reckon, uh, dad's mate's wrecking yard in Gawler. And um, at his own house, he had a lot of cars that he'd, you know, if they were decent, he'd sort of keep them. He had a bit of a farm and he'd keep them there. And, and he always had this VH Ute there. And I said, what are you doing with that? And he said, it's a mate of mine's kid. And he was storing it there. And it was there for like 20 years. And I, I hound him and hound him and hound him. And always, it was something about this ute. And this was back when they were still around and, you know, no one was into them. And just something about this ute just always attracted me. It was always over in the shed. You could just see the headlights, you know, hidden away in the shed. Yeah. yeah. And uh, forever. And I had a lot of cars in between. I had that silver VF coupe I spent a lot of money on. And, and anyway, I, uh, and, I played, and then one day, and I was in my 30s by then, I said, what about that ute? And he said, you know what? He said, he's, he's, doesn't want it. I won't be, you know, it was long, been long sitting there, left there. He said, you can have it, you know, you can buy it off me. And I actually had a um, A54 sports pack charger. Is that, I think A54 is the right code. Uh, yeah. White one with the funky stripe down the side. I actually had one of them shells and it was immaculate. And I swapped him for the shell for this ute and, um, and he said, you can have it. So it was, for some reason, that car meant to be and I, I always knew about it and I ended up getting it so become good friends with the artist Zombie he's known as on in, in the car art scene incredible artist in the states but um and, oh Scott Stevens yeah and he was the editor of yeah. uh, traditional rod and culture which folded but it was a great magazine and um become really good mates anyway I always talked to him about you know doing this I can I can draw myself but I said no one else could put this into you know a vision now how I want to do it so I think a lot of people have seen that that picture, but um, Candy, real heavy boat, metal flake, 60s sort of showboat, sort of style speedboat paint, and um, Tunnel Ram 340 is, is what I, 
you know, once I once I get my shit together, I want to plan on putting in it, and um, you know, uh, deep slot mags and uh, a lot of custom touches on it, no badges, etc. And um, yeah, that's sort of the idea for it. So I so can't wait. That is going to blow people's minds, especially in the Chrysler scene where it's all about restoring and purists. It seems a lot these days. It's going to be fucking awesome. I've been into Valiant all my life. Growing up in Adelaide, especially, I knew a lot of people at work there. I'm, I'm good friends with Keith Bergen, who was one of the major players there as a young guy and high up, yeah, high up yeah. in the offices and we've become very good close friends and uh, right, I've, I've collected that many parts NOS parts for it over the years and, that, and it'll be heavily modified and heavily heavily changed so not, not worried about being a purist or anything else and uh, yeah it'll be it'll be a wild street machine that's for sure what else have you got say on the cards as in like a dream car build you got something down the track hot rod wise or anything like what would be your ultimate car to build Mate, probably Model A roads to pick up is something I've loved all my life. I've built hundreds of model kits of them and, and collected any toy car of them. It always had Hot Wheels and stuff like that. I think we've touched on that before as well. But uh, Model A roads to pick up, I always love them. So And yeah, deep, deep slots, 70s style, not 50s. A lot of my friends would hate me for this, but I hate white walls. I, I hate flatheads. I hate all that stuff. I hate going slow. <laughs> uh, I hate <laughs> It'll, it'll have deep show paint, you know, like deep slots. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's probably my ideal hot rod. It's, I've actually no, got no. Scott Stevens to draw one of them for me too, which is I think is about to appear in a magazine, the drawing he did. So. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so, yeah. That would be oh, my... Looks like you've got the plan down, Pat. Anyway, and have you got any big art jobs on the go that you can talk to us about? I know they people like to keep things under wraps until they're done, but is there anything you've got happening in the art side? I've always got something on the go, but you've, you've just you've, you've, <laughs> you you've got stumped there. I've, 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 I've probably got about 500 drawings I owe people at the moment, so I don't know too much. <laughs> I've got, I did, did the Shaker Manalo funny car for a, for a guy in uh, Western Australia. Oh, wow. Uh, recently, yeah. So uh, that's probably, probably a big piece I did that I was proud of, but... Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, mate. You got me stumped there. I've, I've got about 20 half-done drawings on the kitchen table at the moment, but we're always doing. It stuff. sounds like my car builds. I've got every. Actually, it sounds like like my life. Everything's half done, half stuffed. So. <laughs> it sounds like my model kits, mate. It runs always saying, "You've done a model of this. You've done a model of that." I've got about 200 models I've never finished. So it's funny you say that. You know, look, a good friend of mine I've known since I was an apprentice. So we're talking early 90s. So what's that like? 30 years. He'll buy a model kit every month or every couple of months, and he's got this room now that all these years later is chockers with model kits and that's his plan when he retires he's going to start building models so he builds the old one every now and then but his plan is to go in and just do that to keep himself busy that's what he loves doing it blows my mind mate some of these guys that build these model cars and and even the artists and that some of the stuff out there at the moment compared to when we were kids like there was nothing available and nothing happening but i think with social media these days and Probably more so than anything, more than magazines or anything. The stuff we get to see now is just unbelievable that gets done automotive-wise, you know. It's uh, inspiring every day, the things you see. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And that's kind of one of those things too, like social media, as much as it has its negatives, it has the big positives and that's connecting you with people. Like that's how we met, you know, like connecting you with people who think along the same lines and have similar interests. And that's what the Thong Slappers too, it's kind of created friendships amongst the podcast. And that's the beauty of it as well. And and using it for its positives and using it for its advantages and getting to meet people like say people you'd class as your heroes as well. Mm. 
you mm. know, whether it be in America or Australia and, and whatever, and just enabling you to, yeah, to chat with like-minded folk is, is such a great thing, and it's a good positive, that's for sure. So, Mate, I saw you, I really you, do it you posted up that, that was, I think Street Machine posted up that Evan Danes just did a charger tattoo, and just saying that, I, uh, me and Evan have become like best mates, and, and that's another thing through the automotive art scene and cars and and social media and just great friendships you meet and 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 you can share things with and you know and it's boosted both of us and yeah it's incredible we're, yeah as much as you and evan might choose the same subject matter being cars or gasser type cars or customs your styles are so different but so awesome in their own rights as well like he does amazing work you do great work too and amazing stuff and it's isn't it amazing that with art you can just like i can see art pieces and i can say that's a Lee good or you know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. kind of can get that. There's still that individuality that sets them apart. Like they, they're, probably, they're, probably they're the all three, great pieces. The three of us, me, me, Evan and Ryan Ford, and we've become three good, real good friends and uh, probably the most fluent, active artists I reckon, in, you know, around these days over here. So as far as yeah. the young guys coming up and cars and, and art and, and, and friendships on, on, on social media. So that's great. Big time. Mate, it's been great chatting with you, hey. I've really enjoyed this. It's sort of good. With the two of the 60s, we get to kind of free ball a bit more. Like we, okay, Adam and I free ball at the best of times and talk about whatever we want to. But it's we sort of don't have as much structure. And it's just great having a chat with just everyday people in the car scene and especially the art side. Look, I love auto art. My drawings look like the Homer from The Simpsons, <laughs> but doesn't mean I don't appreciate people who can actually do really good stuff. And I've had the pleasure of you doing drawings of not only Disturbia for me, but also Lucy C.H., the concept sketch for that, which I'll post up too. And man, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. So no problem. I've got to thank you for joining us today. No problem. Thanks very much, Simon. I'll chat to you soon. Oh, Cheers, Lee. Thanks, mate. See ya.